Thanks for tuning in to Cannabis Legalization News, where we explain marijuana laws so you can change them. Tom, Mickey, we have 30,000 subscribers. <sighs> Holy crap. Yeah. 30,000 people are out there trying to learn about the cannabis industry and smashing likes and then uh, staying on top of where the legislation is in their respective jurisdictions. For example, do you know what state comes out uh, on September 1st with uh, cannabis license applications? Jersey? Uh, no, not Jersey, but Jersey's close. Jersey's coming. Uh, it, it looks like New Mexico will be hitting uh, uh, application season come September 1st. And then nice. Connecticut. That's dope. That's really dope, dude. Yep. So we're getting a whole bunch of calls uh, at, at CannabisIndustryLawyer.com about Connecticut and also at um, uh, New Mexico. It should be fun. Both of them yeah. at 3 million people. Oh, 3 million people? Three million people. Uh, so Connecticut is about the same population as uh, New Mexico, but substantially different. Nice. Uh, substantially different uh, density of population. Well, be sure to hit that like and uh, check out Hit Tom on a Cannabis Industry Lawyer on Instagram for a shirt. Subscribe because, yep. you know, we want to hit that 100,000 mark. And uh, Tom yep. said he'll do a topless at the 100,000 mark. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to go on to OnlyFans, but evidently my, uh, my window of selling this ass is closing. No, they took it back. They changed it. So we're good. We can go full nude now. Oh, okay. I see. They were just using it as to get in the news. They were just using it to get in the news. Probably, man. But yeah, how about these uh, six industries blocking cannabis legalization? Six industries are blocking cannabis legalization. <sighs> let's uh, let's play this uh, as a group uh, before we even get going. Uh, okay, number one the alcohol industry. Number two, the pharmaceutical industry. Number three, I'm going to say Philip Morris. Number four, petrochemicals. Uh, number five, insurance, because they just hate everything. Uh, and the number six oh. is law enforcement or criminal just like is there? Yeah. Like, but then is law enforcement an industry or is law enforcement kind of like I never think of the firefighters and it's an industry. You know what I'm saying? No, that's a great way to think about it. But unfortunately, these dickheads do. I mean, well, let's go over them. What is the actual six industries that are uh, standing in the way of cannabis uh, legalization in our country? Well, some of it's old news and have now pivoted to supporting legalization because they see the money. Should it be allowed? Is it just? Uh, they sow deceit in the form of anti-marijuana propaganda from the beginning and started making revenue from it without putting in the work to dispel the stigma. So for one, obviously, the for-profit prisons. Uh, more marijuana convictions led to fuller prisons and more profits. Statistics, statistics indicate that the spread of legalization to varying degrees among states has resulted in an estimated $2 billion loss in value. That's insane. $2 billion in legal states. $2 billion gone in legal states. But that's not that much. I mean, like, you know, some industries are, are fairly large. How much How much did they stand to lose? Was it more than $2 billion? But, you know, when 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 the argument a lot when when states become legal, whether it's be medical or recreational and their argument is, well, we just can't tell like we've, if it's a legal weed or not legal weed like it doesn't freaking matter. Right. Prison guard unions, prison guard unions are, are picketing this. Can you believe that? Because uh, why would they want their union benefits uh, getting messed up because they aren't allowed to arrest uh, hundreds of thousands of people for cannabis and throw them away? Well, do you remember, uh, I think it was in uh, Arizona a couple of years ago where a uh, prison sued the state because they weren't filling up the, the, the seats fast enough for them. Like, that's 
effed up when you can sue. When you have a profit margin in crime and you call it legal. Like yeah. see, that's the whole thing. You're not supposed to have illegal profits. And then they're like, well, we're going to privatize this prison industry. So you're going to incentivize crime. You incentivize bad behavior. That's, that's exactly it. You're incentivizing uh, crime with privatized prisons. Yeah. Well, and, and again, things, some things don't need to be uh, privatized, right? There should be this, you know, we, what we hope was the American way, this altruistic, like we're out for your betterment. We're here for you, buddy. We're going to make sure you have a successful yeah. and not come back. You know, let's, let's avoid recidivism. But, right. you know, fortunately, you know, for a country founded on the premise of like a more perfect union, unions are really political in this country. I just don't get it. But you don't uh, say. alcohol and beer companies. Can you believe that? No. Alcohol and beer companies are lobbying against one of the primary financial backers of the public safety net. The no on Prop 19 campaign was the California Beer and Beverage Distributors Association. That's funny. And then look what they're doing now. St. Ides, they're, they're, they're involved in the cannabis industry as well as uh, Rainier uh, or Pat, no, Pap's Blue Ribbon. Mm-hmm. Well, again, they don't want to change. That's what it is. A lot of businesses, we don't need to innovate, and that's why they go out of business. But sometimes businesses get dragged into an innovation, and then they go. And, and so you hear about that a lot in the cannabis industry. The ancillary products, for example, we had the, the Boveda people on, and they gave us all those Boveda packs, and that was an ancillary. Like, they didn't – suddenly they just started selling all these Boveda packs in, um, you know, the Humboldt County or Northern California. And they're like, why is that? It's like, oh, people are using it for weed. Yeah. Why are all these turkey bags being, is it Thanksgiving every day? What's going yeah, on? So many turkey bags are shipped to uh, this area in California. <laughs> well, just like here in Washington state, I made the observation that propane tanks are a big thing. When dabbing was a big thing out here, you know, they probably confused because their stock just went up from the regular camping industry to like the dabbers. Like there hmm. is auxiliary. There is a lot of waste and whatnot out there though. But yeah, and then uh, also big tobacco, like you said, you know, uh, tobacco companies want to erase the rules and write their own. Go figure. Oh, my gosh. These are the same people that in uh, the mid-90s, tobacco execs were testifying under oath to Congress that they did not believe tobacco or nicotine or cigarettes caused lung cancer. We've done studies and we found ourselves clean. It's just impossible for somebody who's getting paid something. To believe something that makes them not get paid. And so like the prison guards, the alcohol companies, the tobacco companies, all these people that are like, wait, if we let them in, we're going to lose money. We can't let them in. Right. Opposed to just readjusting their their how they how they uh, do their marketing or their target you know, audiences or whatever. You know, you that's that's how you survive. You adjust. <laughs> yeah. Adapt. Innovate. Iterate. <laughs> You know, find out what the people are wanting right now. It's not like trends ever change, right? That's because trends don't ever really change. Like, what's up with mom jeans and those like circle sunglasses? I'm like, what? What the? Is this like an episode of Blossom from the mid '90s? Like, what? What? Why is this popular again? It just is. You know, I'm not a smart man, but like cannabis and alcohol both proven to be recession proof, right? Like, Mm -hmm. cannabis isn't going nowhere now. Like the two bases out of two. Because if you're stressed out. Joint really helps. But if you want to celebrate, the joint really it helps. It really helps. Yeah. <laughs> True story. And yeah. not only that, the, that joint is also probably doing harm reduction, right? So now you're going to drink less. You're going to already feel that whatever feeling you're trying to achieve 
earlier, sooner. Uh, so all use and medicinal use, in my opinion. Well, I believe that once we have true substitute goods and true equality uh, of substances between alcohol and cannabis, for example, I can go buy a six pack of good beer for about $10. I cannot go buy a six pack of good joints for about $10. Now, I'm not talking like full joints, but even cannabis beverages. So Pabst is in that. So if you try to go get the, the Pabst cannabis beverage first, it doesn't taste like cannabis. And second, it's ridiculously expensive. So, right. you know, and I'm just trying to get about 30 milligrams deep, you know, because that'll that'll make me feel good. Uh, and so like five milligrams per can flavored of super silver haze or like it's got like a weed flavor. That's what I'm looking for. That would be awesome. Ten bucks. But yeah, when yeah. is that going to happen? Never. I, I don't I don't want to say never, man. You know, we are further and further than we were. Maybe for my 50th birthday. But when I turn 50, I hope to be able to get a $10 sixer of weed beer. You're just talking about how Illinois is rolling out the program. <laughs> hey, man. I got people that are calling me about, you know, using the the because the craft grower license can also extract. So let's get some brews going in Illinois, man. No, totally. That that just that should be one. So this one I didn't really see it coming. The forestry industry is against uh, legalization. Why is so, the forestry industry against uh, cannabis legalization? Because the production of hemp would threaten current paper production driven by the forestry industry. In fact, the forestry industry has a long and sordid history of opposing hemp. The drive to repeal U.S. hemp uh, production began in the 30s. Uh, with uh, William Randolph Hearst. You know, this is part of that, like, the conspiracy that's not a conspiracy, right? Like, it's not a conspiracy if it's true. And then you've seen how much crap in the past they used to straight up, like, Nazi propaganda weed out of the, the way. Like, they really just took something that was in the pharmacopoeia, was not referred to as marijuana, was not really widely uh, aware, known, or even the Guardia report, like in New York. They knew what it was. They they didn't care. They were much more concerned about, you know, actual drugs and alcohol. Yeah. But, dude, they just made up lies, got people to believe them, and pushed everybody else out of the way. But, you know, uh, because everybody questions like how did we get to where we're at now like how is this plant like so evil that like things over the counter are more harmful in fda approved than the plant itself but yet we have people serving long stints of time right like there's this disbelief of like uh everything the rules are all right and the rules aren't all right but those (laughs) are the rules and so if we play by them we can be normal and then if we're normal we're safe right but but to get to, to the point we're at was with like the paper industry and the alcohol industry and oil. None of these people wanted to have to see the day, the light of day and plastics. And, and, and then, you know, think about rare earth metals, because I can't wait till we can farm us some graphene here in the plains of Illinois and make a whole bunch of great like uh, hemp derived graphene. But um, that's like a 2034 problem. Well, and I just, yeah, it is. While we're trying to sort out this hot mess, because I, I don't know if you saw the video I did yesterday where I, I talked about how I came across toothpaste, hemp toothpaste, right? Like that's the new brand. Just throw on hemp on it, slap hemp yep. potato chips, right? Like it's not CBD. Like I think it's a, a a workaround towards that kind of stuff, right? Now you're just trying to pander to an ignorant audience. Like it's called hemp. You know it's good. Right. Well, come on. If you put like keto on something, you can sell it for more money. And and so if provided that you have one of the things that I want to do is I want to slap social equity on uh, our cannabis labels and just to be like, hmm, we should brand that. Why? Because they can't. 
So they can't touch craft. And then all the uh, MSO operators in the state, they aren't social equity. That's mm. a social equity company. And then so uh, it'll be interesting to see the branding of the goods and products uh, that the, the new license holders are going to be able to put out into the system. Well, I think once, you know, I once we get there with your uh, uh, your, your clients and help build that, that the, the, the brick and mortar and establish it, uh-huh. Which I'm 100 percent down to get that accreditation. Work with all the uh, the the QMSs and whatnot. Uh, it's going to be exciting, and and this is like the weird like flex, right? Like of like we're helping the industry, but it costs a shit ton of money to be in the legal industry, right? We we we, yeah. we created this barrier of compliance. Compliance, yeah. Right. You've, you've said you're going to reduce the barriers to entry to this business. And if you want to grow or make uh, products for cannabis in this business, you must be GMP certified. Yeah, which is totally feasible and responsible in a uh, industry, in, a, in an industrial uh, industry. Yeah, but it doesn't make it like a lower barrier to entry. If anything, that puts your price to enter the market higher because you need that level of compliance. Well, it's like, uh, again, we talked about opening a restaurant. You don't just walk in and be like, ah, I got $100 today. I'm going to open a, a taco stand tomorrow. <laughs> Some people may, but that's like if they have very, very, you know, lax regulations, depending on which jurisdiction you are in. But moving yeah. on with the other people that are standing in the way of cannabis legalization, you have big pharma. So in 2016, Insys Therapeutics, an Arizona-based pharmaceutical company, gave half a million for Arizona's for responsible drug policy, one of the biggest anti-marijuana groups in the state. And that was uh, a year where they didn't vote to legalize it. They voted to legalize it uh, four years later. That that same company, uh, they're also uh, in bed with the fentanyl company. They're the ones that made that stupid ass fentanyl commercial. I don't know if you've seen it where it's like a a talking fentanyl jar uh, uh, in a rap video. It's so messed up and pandering. It was one of those ones that they send to the doctors and say, hey, we got a new drug for you. We want you to uh, prescribe it to your because that's how pharma works, right? They go on a, a circuit to all these little uh, doctors and bring them all these conventions. Say, hey, come to this convention and uh, we're going to be in Maui. And by the way, if you sell our product, we'll give you an extra commission. Mm-hmm. You Here's know, some samples. Exactly. Yeah. And, and it's just it's just horribly wrong how we we have the structure for Al, for your betterment. Yeah. Well, um, in I'm not all that shocked news. Uh, big Pharma is standing in the way of it. And they have no problem helping to facilitate 90,000 opioid deaths in 2020. But God forbid they would legalize something that would make a dent in those opioid deaths. Yeah, uh, Vice found that many of the researchers who have advocated against legalizing pot have also been on a payroll of leading pharmaceutical firms with products that could be easily replaced by using marijuana. Shock face. Shock face. Like, for example, in 2014, Dr. Herbert Klepper of Columbia University was quoted in the press and academic publications warning against the use of marijuana, which he stressed may cause wide ranging addiction and public health issues. Hmm. Interesting. However, he was serving as a paid consultant to the leading prescription drug companies, including pharma. uh, I'm I'm sorry, including Purdue Pharmaceuticals. That's right. The Purdue Pharmaceuticals from the Oxycontin crisis and uh, Rickett Bexner, the producer of a painkiller called Norfrin and Alchemaries, the producer of a powerful new opioid called Zohydro. 
And again, the holistic approach should be your first option. This is legalization is about having an options. It's not about like you. This is the best thing for everybody. Yeah, but just, lobbying. Lobbying is about paying people to get what you want in law. That that's true. But and then speaking of, you know, the 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 other one, the police. Of the police. These yep. jack wagons are against it. You know, most police departments have a lot of extra revenue from auctioning off seized property during a pop bus. Uh, thank you, asset forfeiture. <laughs> you know, no. no, do not think asset forfeiture. That is just a terrible violation of your uh, your rights right there. It's and it's frustrating because uh, they're going to sit there and they're going to take all your stuff before you've been found guilty of anything, and they're going to hold it from you as evidence while they prosecute you. So now you have no money to hire a lawyer, even though you haven't been found guilty of anything. If they're going to use it as evidence, that's cool. Why don't you book it as evidence and then can I have my cash back so I can go hire this lawyer? No, no. You you have you know how much cash you have. You'll have that much of a judgment against me if I'm found guilty. Otherwise, you're just taking my shit wrongfully. And let's also talk about the fact that like the, the person himself can be taken away. Roger Christie served five years behind bars without a trial. Five years on hold. Five years on hold. Roger Christie. Like, how how is, that, how is that even legal after the, like, at what point can you, there is no point where you can raise a bullshit flag and be like, hey, you've detained me for more than, I don't know, a week, if that should be even a thing. Well, uh, again, he couldn't hire a lawyer. He didn't have any money. He's just being detained. Yeah, I mean, technically he was uh, under the religious pretense. In, but again, it was in Hawaii, too. One of the places where I think I would want to be smoking weed. <laughs> yeah, man. I tell you what, I want to be smoking some weed. So uh, you want to play some Name That Strain real quick? Let's do it. Hey, YouTube, remember, we are totally compliant and I live in a legal state. Miggy lives in a legal state. We are discussing a botanical uh, and it looks like that botanical has a little bit of a trim issue in its lower left corner right there. Some of those sugar leaves, I would have said needed to get off of that. Yeah, they're a little big, uh, mm -hmm. but very nice hunter green color with mm -hmm. uh, um, lots of uh, little like red hairs you can tell they were very trim close to it very nice yes yes and so it's a decent trim kind of like a golf ball-esque size bud i would imagine uh i have no idea what it smells like I'm not even sure what uh, one it is because i'm not reading the show notes right now but you know what i, I imagine this, this one's going to be more of a um a terpene profile i, I give a hint of a mercine peening and mm. clarifying this was the same thing that we had that hash joint on uh, last Ooh. when we were in uh, Seattle and we went to uh, Sitka. Sitka gave us a hash joint of this. That's right. That was the uh, wasn't that the one that was half wrapped that you dropped into the vent? Hey, no, no. But it is 420 somewhere. And while you guys are guessing, well, we'll take a little bumper right here. Uh, remember, this would be something that would knock you out for sleep. Hey, get in contact if you're looking to scale your business, cannabis business, patent your plant, raise money for your cannabis business. Hit Tom up. Yeah, man. So uh, you can head on over to Cannabis Industry Lawyer, and then we've hooked this up. So now when you hit the self-learning options, uh, we have knowledge.cannabisindustrylawyer that we are launching right now. And that's going to lead you to our uh, mastermind course where you're going to go through and get everything that you would need to 
organize, structure your business and to raise money for it. Uh, I try to get you right up to the point where you need a lawyer to start papering this deal. I got um, one more thing since we're just kind of going to be on hold for a little bit. Um, and this was brought to my attention on Instagram. And then uh, most of our uh, uh, people in our room know about this situation. Uh, as uh, uh, what Rob says, the, the Gromies. Gromies. Uh, so Shout out to them. Shout out to Rob. So check this out. This is pretty messed up that happened in Oklahoma. Um, and you can tell me, be the judge. So this gentleman, Russ Brandon, let's just check out his Instagram real quick. I, I want you to just guess what he does for a living. Just just guess what. He's a cultivator. <laughs> right? Yeah. So this gentleman clearly is in Oklahoma doing business and right. at the same time is being harassed here he he videotaped himself in the back seat of the car uh being arrested by the cops no pretense probably pulled over for smell right in, in an illegal state um and then worst of all it was in front of his kid like his kid and his wife are, were, were true troopers and they sat there calmly and waited and then he wins at the end he comes back uh they had to release him because they had no uh uh recourse for they had no 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 means to reasonable to, to hold them back so if you're in oklahoma watch out that there's still uh prohibition empowers bad behavior and that's what these guys are doing you know this was a shakedown clearly i think it was a shakedown and a lot of the industry flocked to oklahoma a lot of it flocked to Oklahoma because of how open the laws were and how non-saturated the market was when it started in 2018, uh, you know, when you're talking about either a Colorado or a California uh, situation. And they just flocked to it. And now there are thousands of cannabis licenses in Oklahoma. And perhaps this is the beginning of the crackdowns and then the overregulations, kind of like how when suddenly they've had too much, the moratoriums begin. But we'll have to kind of wait and see. Hey, has anybody guessed the name that strain yet? They haven't, but you know the, the thing will is, knock too, you guys out. It like will. a specific thing. <laughs> it's a good indica. It's very gas. It's a good indica. Yeah, it's a famous one. Speaking of gas, smoke hash joints about this. Yeah. I I got a little guy. I got a little my what I have left in my grinder. Right, it's in my backpack, and uh, I've already had two customers walk into my lab, and they're like, "Man, this smells like a stoner's dream." I got the gassiest, stoniest little nug that is polluting my little area. As soon as I get out of here. <laughs> It's going to pollute my lungs. Yep, it sure is. But, you know, we should give them more hints because nobody's gotten it yet. There is a weight attached Ooh. to this one in pounds. How about, uh, would it be like Armour Cisco? Would that be a, 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 a hammer? No, no, we're not going commie on this show. It's all about freedom and legalization. And then somebody guessing an indica that has the word pound in it and somebody who's like just 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 uh torturing us the anonymous people uh, okay somebody just nailed it Oops, i'm sorry i put it on put it off okie blown smoke 23 nine pound hammer now everybody's just chiming in with that nine that nine pound hammer but anonymous was just being a little cheeky just that hammer i'm sorry i, I it, people are just blowing up stuff and so before i can show the uh chat bot like somebody else blows one up and then it's just one higher nine pound hammer nine pound hammer is a famous strain for indica and it is probably based off of a hindu kush of some sorts because that is the strain for sleep uh i don't know if it is based off of that what are let's let's go over because we have that under the show notes for yeah. uh, the name of that strain so let's see nine pound hammer to go take it away according to leafly nine pound hammer is an indica marijuana strain created by jing 
jinx-proof genetics that crosses Gooberry, Hell's OG, and Jack the Ripper. These dense buds are coated in resin, offering sweet grape and lime flavors. Nine Pal Hammer hosts a chirping profile, an abundant mercine, pinene, and carophylline. Caryophylline. Caryophylline. Now, the thing is, uh, that's a cross of so many more contemporary crosses. I'm like, yeah, I don't know where the, I don't know where the land race is on that. I, it's funny too. Uh, Jinx, they've been around for a while, and I believe they're in Washington State because I think this guy testified against Homegrow, which kind of crushed me. Ah, nine yeah. pound hammer to my heart. Yeah, yeah. I was like, why is a guy who who grows seeds and shit? Why are you against Homegrow? Of course. People overreact when it comes to regulation. Why we have to assume the worst right away. We have to covet our bullshit. Right. Yeah. Protect mine. I have this money and this cash flow that is mine. I'm not sharing with anybody. What about your investors? Fine. I will comply with the terms of the limited partnership agreement. <laughs> if you can keep me. I mean it's a good weed though. It is a really good weed. All right, that's going to do it for Cannabis Legalization News, guys. Thanks for tuning in. Make sure you like and subscribe to keep up with all Cannabis Legalization News. We'll see you later this week.